Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Pacific Ward. Today we're going to be talking about the history of natural medicine in the United States. Um, I, I don't know much about the history outside the U.S. Um, I don't live there, so I'm not particularly concerned about it. But I just wanted to talk about um, some of the things that occurred here in the United States, particularly in the beginning of the 20th century, that made a drastic shift from the previous indigenous and natural practices um, that were incredibly common, like that was the medicine of the time, to the modern-day synthetic, um, even petroleum-based medicines that we have now. Yes, if you look it up, a lot of the compounds that are made in synthetic medications today are actually derived from petroleum. Now, if we're going to go back a little bit, because pretty much, I'm pretty sure that every single one of you that's listening to this podcast has taken aspirin at one time or another. Did you know that aspirin is actually a naturally derived compound made from white willow bark? Yeah, Pocahontas actually got that right. Um, they, <laughs> they got it right that willow bark has an active, medicine, an active compound in it that is a medicine. It helps to reduce inflammation. It helps to thin your blood so you don't clot too much. It all, and through the reduction of inflammation is how it helps to reduce the pain. And it's actually pretty effective you know, when you use it correctly. Um, the back in the 19 or 1840s was the first medical association that was formed it was actually formed by homeopathic doctors um doctors that exclusively focused on natural natural medicines and natural practices diet exercise here's uh hell um drink chamomile tea to help you calm down and sleep at night it's actually known to work anybody who you know uses this knows that it helps to reduce your blood pressure and then thus helps you relax and sleep it's a pretty pretty simple process. Um, anyways, the first medical association was actually produced by the natural natural medicine um, doctors, but about three years later, the American Medical Association was formed. Was formed primarily by funding from the Rockefeller family and the Carnegie Carnegie Foundation, which, of course, the Carnegie Foundation, whose primary contributor is the Rockefeller family. Rockefeller at the time owned ninety percent of the United States oil production, 90%. He had a near monopoly. Um, the company at the time was called Standard Oil, and of course, later on, it did break up into Chevron, ExxonMobil, and all these other you know, various smaller companies that are probably still owned, have a majority share owned by you know, some investment company that is, of course, secretly you know, owned by some rich family. Because, of course, that's how it works nowadays. You know, we all know this. Anyways. Um, I'll try to stay on topic. Natural medicine, with the, with the creation of the American Medical Association, primarily funded by, with the blessing of Rockefeller, um, him being the 90% owner of the American oil production, he had an, an incredible incentive to eliminate, with the rise of synthesized medicines, he had a, fucking, uh, a profit motivation to actually eliminate any form of competition. And given 90% of the market, it was pretty easy to be able to do that. He had enormous amounts of wealth to be able to run ads, to be able to fucking pay for politicians, which, of course, the rich still do today. They're the ones who are putting money into their you know, local campaign, campaign funds, so that way they can even run ads on the very same corporate-owned you know, media. So the rich are the gatekeepers to success at least for a politician. So with Rockefeller's influence, um, 
in creating the American Medical, American Medical Association, and of course, um, paying for you know lobbying politicians in order to you know create new legislation specifically to give the American Medical Association Medical Association the authority to ban particular practices, which was one of their first actions as an institution. They banned the practice of natural medicine. They banned indigenous practices. Even went so far as to lobby Congress in order to make it to where any doctors who even suggested the use of naturally occurring medicines or even as a natural solution to your medical issue, they were considered, they were revoked of their license and then put in, and sometimes even put in prison simply for suggesting that you drink, you know, drink this tea to help lower your blood pressure or calm you down. Even though nowadays we actually know through multiple studies that a lot of these compounds actually do work. Even just drinking any tea, any tea can actually help lower your blood pressure. Go figure. Drinking warm water helps to lower your blood pressure and make you feel all cozy and relaxed. It's a pretty simple mechanism, but with you know things like chamomile, it actually does have active compounds in it. It has a, um, it was this is one particular amino acid. It's a particular compound called apigenin. Um, they actually found it. Um, it is believed that its sedative sedative effects may be linked to apigen binding different to re, to different receptors in the brain, like benzodiazepine and GABA, which are known to decrease anxiety and and initiate sleep. So that being said, it's like they've actually found a compound, a real compound in chamomile tea that helps to suppress your um, sympathetic nervous system. I believe it is the one that like keeps you anxious and awake and like, go, 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 we're in, we're in danger. It actually helps to turn to slow that down, turn it off and make your body like chemically relaxed. Like, oh, okay, I'm not going to die today. It actually has that real effect on the brain. In addition to the actual warmth of the tea, which does help to lower your blood pressure, and of course, lower blood pressure does will help you sleep, reduce anxiety. I was actually prescribed a blood pressure medication. It was a beta blocker, I believe, um, called prazosin, um, because I was having chronic panic attacks. And what that medication does, all it really does is lower your blood pressure. But in doing so, it helped keep my body from thinking that, you know, from like chemically thinking that it's in high alert, that it's being attacked, and thus the whole panic. Um, just lowering my blood pressure helped to calm that, which of course I probably could have had the same effect just by on a, regularly drinking chamomile tea, considering the active compound called apigen. Apigenin. Apigenin. There we go. And that is something that I do now. Um, I do like drinking chamomile tea on a regular basis because it does make me feel calm. And considering I'm a person who deals with anxiety on a regular basis, anything that I can use that's going to help my symptoms without causing another problem, like the nausea, headache, fatigue, anything else that, that uh, mainstream medications cause, I'm more than happy to try. And last I checked, chamomile tea is not going to hurt you in any way. And this is, of course, of course, just two compounds that are used on a regular basis. Chamomile tea, people use a lot of times to help reduce anxiety, help them sleep. Um, aspirin is something that is used frequently by people with either um, clotting problems or they have a heart condition that they need to particularly make sure that no clots occur. Um, aspirin is one of those natural compounds that has been refined. Um, and then, of course, ginger. Ginger is actually incredibly useful, at, at least... I haven't been able to find an article on exactly what active compounds in it create the effect, but there's enough anecdotal evidence that 
of people just using it and it working that it helps indigestion it helps to relieve nausea i've used it myself when i've started to get acid reflux it actually helps to calm that um and hell go to your local bartender they'll probably know some drink that they can make that helps relieve your indigestion those guys are amazing when it comes to this stuff but ultimately um what needs to change in this country is instead of just outright banning or slandering naturally occurring medicines and the indigenous practices, because particularly indigenous practices like Native Americans, um, the, um, eth the ethnic minority populations in the United States, often they've come from other countries where those natural practices are still common in their culture because they didn't have the Rockefellers that fought to destroy all of that information because it was a competition to their wealth. So you still get to see a lot of these natural practices occur and are continually used. The main thing that needs to occur in the United States is not to just openly support you know, all natural medicine or all natural practices. What I think we need to do is actually start funding research because it wasn't, it wasn't until somebody decided to test chamomile tea, that flower, that we actually found a compound that acts on our receptors, the, particularly the same receptors that GABA and benzodiazepine work on to calm down your nervous system. It's an active compound. It's a real compound that has a direct effect on our nervous system. It was only because of testing, scientific testing, that we were actually able to find this. So what ultimately needs to happen is we need to start acting like normal scientists and stop just outright dismissing these, these claims and actually put some study towards it. Like, okay, be skeptical. That's good. But let's actually start putting funding towards trying to find out if there is actually a, comp a compound in there that acts on our system in some way. Acts on a receptor in our nervous system, acts on receptors in our stomach. Does it have, anti uh, does it have an anti-inflammatory compound? Does it have antioxidant compounds? What in there does have an effect? What in there is helpful? And can we refine it like we did with aspirin, like we did with willow bark. I am incredibly confident that if we decided to utilize our best science today in order to study these natural medicines and natural practices, that we would begin to find more compounds that are of incredible use um, towards keeping us healthy, keeping us calm and happy, and all just generally improving your well-being in addition to the, the modern-day practices that do sometimes help. It, I'm not disparaging modern medicine, but at the same time, we shouldn't disparage you know, natural or indigenous practices simply because it was older. That doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means that there's not as much data and testing. It's all anecdotal. It's people use it and it works, so they say, yes, this helped, and voila, it becomes common practice. It's a pretty simple, pretty simple mechanism, but it is well known throughout the community. If something works, they'll talk about it, more people will try it, and it generally works for them. But of course, they don't know exactly how that works because they don't have the chemical testing facilities necessary to find the molecule that actually, has an, has, uh, that actually form, performs an action in our system. So I suggest that we actually begin to study these compounds to find exactly what works and what doesn't. Let's ignore the naysayers, ignore the fucking American Medical Association, because they're actually formed to promote modern medicine 
to the exclusion of anything else. That is bad science. Because instead of actually coming up with documentation to show that it is toxic or poisonous, they just promoted their own. They provide no actual documentation or evidence to say that it doesn't work. And they also refused to do any testing, which if you've listened to any of my podcasts before, refusal to do testing is a huge sin in my mind, because that's the only way that we are going to know, get that data to know what, what compound works, how does it work, what receptor does it hit. That's how we get that, is through testing. That's science, people. So ultimately in the future, I do think that if we were open-minded as a society, we would, start to, we would start to test, study, and utilize the natural practices of cultures around the world, and we'd be utilizing our science to help clarify our understanding and knowledge of exactly what in those naturally occurring plants actually has an effect. Why does ginger help reduce stomach acid? Why does it help relieve heartburn? Why does it help indigestion? Those are things that I would love to know, but for some reason I have trouble finding any articles, any scientific studies that show any linkage. It's all just anecdotal claims. I want scientific studies to know why it works, what mechanism allows it to work. And if we had the balls to actually use our science, use our testing facilities, our laboratories in order to do the work, I'm pretty sure that we would find cures for things Cures for diseases that exist today that we never would have thought of utilizing our synthesized and modern medicine. Because if you think about it this way, nature has been around and been functioning for how many billion years? Life on Earth has been around for, at least as complex as we know it, has been around for 500 million. Complex life as we know it. And it's had to survive against all kinds of biological toxins, all kinds of disease, bacteria, fungus, virus. And so, of course, natural systems have developed to help defend against that. Nicotine is actually a, t a neurotoxin that is meant to kill pests, meant to kill the insects that would want to eat tobacco. Caffeine is the same. It actually is there to protect that plant. So, I mean, of course, humans decide to use it as a fucking stimulant and like, oh, we're going to wake up. We're just drinking a nerve toxin to wake up, I say as I'm drinking coffee myself. I love coffee. It's delicious. I probably will never stop drinking coffee. Doesn't help considering my anxiety, but well. Anyways, this is going to be the wrap up to this episode. Um, that's particularly the goal of it is to say that we are failing as a society if we decide to be so skeptical and so close-minded to ideas that came before us that we refuse to even test it, refuse to give it its due diligence, refuse to actually determine if there is any truth to the claim. We didn't bother doing the testing, so of course we are never going to know the science. Chamomile tea, they know that compound because somebody decided to test it. So ultimately, if we want to move forward with medicine that's going to work for everybody and have a breadth of, uh, a wide variety of solutions, then exploring and testing with laboratories, with modern day laboratories to find those active compounds, that is how we're going to actually pr proceed. That is how we're going to make a medical system that can practically cure everything. 
people wouldn't continue to be using it if it outright caused toxins. And also, I have to bring it up, the sanctioned doctors, the American Medical Association, actually sanctioned the use of mercury as a treatment. Mercury, the well-known heavy metal toxin that kills people. They sanctioned that as a treatment for disease. So I say we end the bias against naturally occurring you know, compounds, end the bias against natural medicines, and actually approach it like a true scientist with curiosity and skepticism to determine with the best possible integrity exactly what active compounds have what effect on which system in our body, and then start to work on refining it and also figure out its downsides. Because like I said with aspirin, you take too much, you bleed. If you take a little, it works very well. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. This episode has been about natural medicine and its history, and of course is an argument for merging both the ancient knowledge and modern knowledge to produce a better medicine today. The only way we're going to know if those old compounds actually have an effect is if we decide to test them today with modern laboratories. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Hopefully you listened to the end. And I appreciate you being here. Be sure to follow. Be sure to rate. Um, any interaction on the platform is appreciated. Thank you very much.